Welcome to The Emily Osmond Show. I'm your host, Emily Osmond, an online marketing educator, leader of an incredible global community of female entrepreneurs and a content creator based in Melbourne, Australia. This show is designed to bring you practical strategies and candid real stories of entrepreneurs to help you make marketing, mindset and money your superpowers. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to the show. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing Meredith Gaston, an internationally acclaimed best-selling author, artist, speaker, and passionate wellness advocate. She's just celebrated the publication of her 10th book, and Meredith continues to grow her prolific and diverse creative practice. She started off exhibiting her artwork locally and abroad from a young age, and she went on to graduate from the University of Sydney, majoring in art, history and theory, along with gender and cultural studies. She continued her education as an integrative nutrition health coach, and she frequently features in the media and public sphere discussing well-being and creativity in daily life. Now, you may well have seen her artwork, her beautifully illustrated books, without actually realizing who she was. So I'm so excited for you to meet the woman behind the art. And these books have been translated into various languages and her artworks collected across the world. She spent more than a decade collaborating with Susanne Fashion, and she continues to project manage the development of products in support of Breast Cancer Network Australia. In fact, Meredith's projects have seen close to $2 million donated in support of women affected by breast cancer around Australia, which is just incredible. Meredith also enjoys teaching watercolor and wellness classes in urban and regional communities. In fact, this is where I first met Meredith out at Acre of Roses, the beautiful rose farm and boutique accommodation there run by my client and now friend Sandy. And Meredith brings the joy of art and mindful living to people of all ages and stages. She now lives and works in Brisbane and she savors life surrounded by her loved ones, a beautiful garden and various pets. And as you'll hear in this episode, we discuss what a gentle approach to business actually looks like, what this is, what it feels like and why Meredith takes this approach. We also discuss how to decide what opportunities to say yes or no to and what can happen when you say yes, when you really want to say no. We also talk about working for money versus working out of inspiration and the role that both of these play during different stages of our business. Meredith shares her take on setting goals versus being open to opportunities as they unfold, which I absolutely loved. And we also discuss challenging the commonly accepted way of doing business. So without further ado, allow me to introduce you to Meredith Gaston. So Meredith, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, it's lovely to be with you, Emily. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast, Meredith. I met you in person at Acre of Roses, the wonderful Sandy invited you there and you ran an amazing watercolor workshop and spoke to us about well-being and wellness. And when I look at who I want to have on my podcast, it's really the people that have built a business doing work that really brings them joy 
And I think this is something that you just encapsulate and are so much so. How, how would you describe the work that you do? How do you describe yourself and your work? Well, it really is. It's about art, words and well-being. So I'm an author, I'm an illustrator and an artist and a speaker and a wellness coach. And like you, I, I wear various hats, but they're yes. all very congruent and they're all very cohesive and they all speak to each other, the different aspects of my practice or my work in daily life. And I even see them just as connected to my home cooking and my dancing and my, you know, it's all, to me, it's all one and the same kind of brush stroke. You know, I do all things with love and I enjoy each and every part of my daily life. I always think as art is life, life is art kind of thing. You know, I, I look at it all and it's all part of the work that I do. So um, I really enjoy writing and illustrating books. I, I've just finished my 10th book and I've thoroughly enjoyed each Meredith, book. congratulations, 10 books. Yeah, well, they've just kind of slipped out. They just keep, <laughs> they keep coming. I have these ideas and then I feel very supported, you know, on many different levels bringing these books to life. I've worked my first five or thereabouts, I think five books with Penguin. Mm-hmm. I've been with Hardy Grant for the last little while and we've done the rest of the books together. I work with wonderful people, but by virtue of, I guess, the author life, it is a fairly mm-hmm. solitary craft. I spend mm-hmm. a lot of time on my own writing and drawing and in my studio and just all my books are within the wellbeing space. So mm-hmm. they span from gratitude and kindness to joy and inspiration to relaxation and to love and all of these sorts of aspirational high virtues around emotional intelligence that contributes so much to our well-being. That's what I'm really passionate about. I have the art of well-being here with me. Your book is so gorgeous. I've put little um those sticky things that poke out for the recipes. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Oh, I'm so pleased you've been cooking from it. <laughs> Absolutely. The idea of that particular book was to blend Again, this is all about, you know, merging different aspects of our being and our daily lives. I was really writing recipes for the body, so beautiful edible recipes, but also recipes for the heart, mind and spirit. So visualisations, affirmations, journal prompts. So it was a really holistic invitation to crafting a more nourishing and satisfying life, essentially. Yeah, it's beautiful. And the way that you bring in your words, the affirmations and your gorgeous illustrations and artwork. Oh, it's gorgeous. Meredith, I know you studied, so the University of Sydney, you majored in art history and theory and also gender and cultural studies. Incredible. I did a course or a, what was it called? Subject on um, sexual politics when I was at university. It was very, very interesting. I did something similar and found it riveting. I found gender and cultural studies really really fascinating and uh, so many wonderful inroads to exploring gender as performance and gender as creative and it really opened my mind and expanded my thinking I value that where did that first selling something under your own business when did that happen was that around this time of finishing uni I I believe that you were showcasing your work from quite early on but I wonder where that first oh wow I've just made a sale or I've just had someone commission me where did that come in too so when I was um 12 or 13 years old I started making little gift cards that very I think out of kindness the lady at the local gift store in Roseville in Sydney where I lived 
would stock them and sell them for a couple of dollars. And I was doing all kinds of paper craft, like quilling and folk art. (laughs) I just really had a sense of wanting to share my creativity. And I loved gift wrapping and I loved making cards. And that was really where I begun. It wasn't by any stretch because I was commercially minded. It was just, Mm -hmm. I loved creating beautiful things. I love creating beautiful things and I still do. And um, my girlfriend reminded me of that recently and said, I actually went in and bought a whole lot of those cards. My mum and I went in to support you, but I never knew that. But I remember having this wonderful windfall one week when five cards <laughs> fell, and I think it was actually probably my parents and my friends. In any case, it was just really lovely to to realise that the fruits of our creative vision or the creative effort can be shared and can be enjoyed and can bring other people joy. And that was a a little glimpse into that I received quite young. And then moving on to, I guess, more serious business. Look, I was very lucky. I was doodling on a napkin in Newtown when I was in my uni period of time there. Uni is at Sydney University, so on King Street, Newtown. There was a little cafe near the cinemas there and it was a cold morning and I was having a lovely warm chai and I was drawing on a napkin. The waitress came over and said, we've seen you in here before drawing drawing on things. Are you an artist? And I said, oh, yes, I I think I I I am. (laughs) And then she said, oh, we'd like to offer you an exhibition. And at that point, I didn't have any paintings to exhibit. I just worked at a lovely little gift shop in my later years. I mean, when I say later years, I graduated high school and I was working in a little gift shop. Yeah. And uh, my boss there let me draw pictures for the front window and occasionally hang work on the walls and people would buy just drawings on paper. I was amazed. I couldn't believe it. So I had a little bit of a foray into that and um, I was really heartened by that, really inspired. And I didn't have a collection to exhibit at this cafe, but I thought I'll get one together. And so on my little shoestring uni budget, I bought 10 canvases and a little bit of paint. And I had come back from Italy and painted a selection of paintings that I was inspired to create from my time visiting Cinque Terre in Italy. You know, it's got that beautiful crumbling gelato coloured houses rolling into the the sea and um, just stunning. It's really beautiful. And I brought that to life on canvas and they all sold and I was signed to an agent the next week and started exhibiting (gasps) in Melbourne. And I was very nervous about my initial exhibition. I didn't feel that the works were up to scratch and the gallery were a little bit worried. And I remember them saying, why don't you work through the night to try and polish them up before we show them tomorrow? I was so so mortified. I thought, oh, what am I going to do? I really lost sleep over it that night. Yeah. In any case, the show opened the next day and much to my delight, the paintings sold very quickly and one of the artists with whom I was exhibiting that evening actually very, very kindly, very generously asked to do a swap and his paintings were exponentially more expensive than oh. mine and he was a mature artist who I think just wanted to nudge me on, support me on my way. Yeah. And then I, I really lived off my paintings for many years. I exhibited in Sydney in Double Bay through a wonderful gallery art to muse. And, and then I, as I was living above an antique shop in Sydney, the lady downstairs, Monica Trafiger, who some may know from play school, is also a performer and a chef. And she said, oh, I'm, illust- I'm writing a book. Would you like to illustrate it? Oh, and that's wow. how I landed in the, the orbit of Penguin. I was illustrating a wonderful recipe book of Monica's treasured oh. family recipes and they said oh we love your drawings we love your approach would you like to 
continue working with, it, with us? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And I was about to move to Berlin. So I, I they said, can wow. you do an A4 pitch for a book and get it to us by tomorrow? I was literally, I was flying out the next day. And I said, I should, my life has been magical. <laughs> anyway, and it continues to be. I said, I can get a pitch together. Got a pitch together, got it in. And I got on the plane with a little book contract and off I went. And now wow. 10 books down the track, it's been a natural and organic and wonderful process Mm. with a lot of serendipity and Mm. a lot of learning and a lot of joy oh I love those moments where it's like the sliding doors moments where where things happen Mm. oh they sure did happen and I still pinch myself because I I really appreciate the magic of life and the way of life to have a plan more often Mm. than not that is beyond what we with our conscious you know Mm. thinking our conscious minds and sense of order create for ourselves life has a plan and yeah and I tend to keep my faith very firmly in that and mm-hmm. I'm constantly delighted by my life and in business there can be times that are difficult and we have to keep the faith or in our personal mm-hmm. lives there can be times that are difficult and it's finding the fortitude finding the the gratitude to continue on and to keep trusting in the magic of life and allowing it to serve us and elevate us I wonder Meredith how much are you guided by your own goals and do you have a vision for your work and your business and then how much is just allowing what happens to happen do you know what I mean there do you set kind of okay for this year this is what I'd like to achieve or this is where I'd like to take my business so Oh, look, I have to laugh. One of my dearest friends is a, she's an EA too. She's wonderful. She's very organized and she's just an exquisite human being. And we recently traveled together and she said, Meredith, I really don't know how you've made it this far. The way that you approach time, the way you approach catching (laughs) flight, the way you approach, you know, general day-to-day movement. Mm. She said, you're very free, you're very loose. And I think, well, because I've worked for myself and I, you know, I used to be mountains on on top of a mountain on my own for some time and I have had a very quiet, creative life in that way. Mm. I think I tapped out of a regular sort of more structured routine many, many moons ago. And as a result... And again, by virtue of the flexibility I have with my work, I tend not to be that disciplined. I am very conscientious and I love my work. So I'm very self-motivated. I love being in my studio. No one needs to push me to go there. You know, I have a studio in the garden here at home that I just adore and my pets come down with me and they stay under my desk until I've finished for the day and they keep me company. I have a very nourishing home life. So I tend to be constantly inspired at home. And then I just take that down to work with me and feel really energized by the way that I live. And as I said, I live quite gently, reasonably slowly Mm. with not too much of a sense of sort of agenda or or fixed Mm. goals. However, in my own little way, I would say that I am passionate about contributing. I'm passionate about making a difference. I have a very strong creative life force and so I'm compelled to create things when I finished my ninth book I said to my partner I'm going to take a break now you know it's lovely it's a lovely idea to take a break before (laughs) the 10th book and I just I realized I actually didn't need a break because I was caring for myself enough in day-to-day life with Mm. enough quiet time and that's something I'm I'm quite committed to you know really committed to self-care and making sure I fill my cup and as such I felt so inspired I just wanted to keep going so Mm. the spaciousness I'd created allowed me to keep working toward other goals as I was fulfilling my dreams and making things happen. 
And now, again, these are these are practices I've learned through my work, you know, tucked in that's been re-released as Your Bed Loves You recently was about honouring rest as much as honouring productivity and as much as honouring play. So a really good balance of work, rest and play. And I do subscribe to that. And when I think of goals, I've worked for 10 years now for Breast Cancer Network Australia and we've raised close to $2 million. I know, I saw that, Meredith. Oh, That's really motivating, you know, the fact that we've been able to make such a difference and we have goals in that area to reach over $2 million for women around Australia, you know, who've been touched by breast cancer, be that personally or within their family network and are needing support from BCNA. You know, so I guess... Those are the things that motivate me. And I, it's funny, I, someone said, oh, do you have a five or 10 year plan recently? Yeah. I started to laugh because I've learned as well, more so in recent years, Emily, that you know, the present moment is, is the place to be. And it's wonderful to have goals and to think ahead, but just to be, be here now has mm. m- meant the most to me. And as I learn even more and about life and love life all the more, I realise that it's, wonderful to work toward our dreams and goals while really investing and really being present in the present moment. And that seems to be a great way to look after our our well-being and nourish ourselves and those with whom we share our lives. But I plan to write books until I'm 100 and something something. And (laughs) I think it's a lovely pastime because it is something you can do anywhere and anytime and, and to draw as well. I'll probably be doodling on napkins uh, into my senior years too. So, <laughs> oh, No, I love that, Meredith, and that it really is about being in the present and enjoying and savouring the present moment rather than, I guess, yeah, focusing too much on the future or moving too much energy into that area as well. Yes, well, I was reflecting on Zen Buddhist principles and, mm-hmm. and recently writing this book on relaxation and, you know, I was reading... The future is not guaranteed and the past is gone and the present moment is the only moment we have. I've read that a couple of times, but I read it recently and it really hit home. You know when something really sinks in and you have that, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that is actually very, very true. There's many times that you may hear, you know, the future's not guaranteed, but it isn't actually. And especially with where I'm facing a lot of uncertainty at the moment. And so I believe that we're being called mm. to contribute now to do what we want to do now, to feel the joy now, to be in the moment now. And whatever that takes, it certainly takes a little bit of ingenuity of your, you know, gosh, we may be listening back to this in years to come, Emily, but we're currently in various COVID-related lockdown situations and we're in and out of changing conditions that are being placed upon us now. We're having to pivot, we're having to be creative, we're having to dig deep to stay inspired and you know, moving on into the future, we don't know what's what's to come, but what's to be sure is that even in the future moment, it's going to be another present moment. So <laughs> the time, the time really is now. Oh, absolutely. And I shared with you just before we started recording, you asked, how am I? And I said, look, I've just made the decision today to enjoy today with our lockdowns and it feeling heavy and sad and scary. But uh, yeah, this is where we are and let's find the good in the situation. Yes, you know, I think you and I are cut from the same cloth insofar Mm. as choosing to cultivate optimism, choosing to cultivate positivity. And Mm. and I do believe that even though some days it's harder than others, it really is a choice to Mm. to come to life with an attitude that really 
invigorates us and mm -hmm. that really supports us and a lot of that has to do I believe with that self-care self-respect self-love and honoring ourselves each day so that we are able to give from our overflow because we are filling our cups and mm -hmm. at times when we have extra stress or extra pressure it's making that extra effort for ourselves it's again mm -hmm. like that wonderful quote that is a zen zen buddhist reflection that says if you don't have time to meditate today then you have to <laughs> meditate for twice as long <laughs> how does that make sense and yet it's actually not a false economy it, because when we do take the time to energize and nurture ourselves and our output is swifter it's better it's crisper it's fuller it's richer so yes I definitely come from that place I'd love to hear Meredith I can imagine that your work is just so well known it's your beautiful books are so widely stocked I know you've worked with Suzanne over the years and and different opportunities have come your way I'd love to hear how you make decisions around what opportunities to move forward with and which to decline. What does that look like for you in that decision-making process? This is interesting. So mm. when I was younger, I moved out of home at 17. I took a scholarship to study in Florence, came back to Australia, moved out into my own little place. I was living in Kirribilli and I was paying the rent and I was thinking yeah. every commission that comes my way, I have to take. This is my yes. bread and butter. You know, I remember I did the same. I had this, and I still remember the title of the piece, Toffee Apple Town. I did a piece called Toffee Apple Town, which Love was, it. as you can imagine, completely rosy and delicious. And it was a little oh. landscape that looked like a town made of toffee apple. Oh, my and, gosh. And um, it was commissioned, I think, about six or eight times. And I remember I, I let the people commissioning the artworks know that it was indeed you know a reproduction that it was being done again however they said you know don't worry about it we're happy to we're happy to take it we're happy to wait yeah. so I remember by the eighth time I did the piece Emily I thought to myself I can't do this again at the time I did it I, I knew that I was paying my rent and I was yeah. studying at university and it was a decision that I, I really did what it took to support myself and I wasn't waiting for anybody to give me a handout or to look after me. I've always been autonomous. I've really, you know, valued my independence and I, I did what it took to make it work. And I get, for listeners who are starting out early in their business, they might have a startup, they might be really able to relate to what I'm saying right mm -hmm. now. I will say that over the years, I was able to become a little bit more selective and I was able to afford better quality materials with which to paint and draw. Mm. I was able to say no to commissions when I simply didn't have the time. I was able to consciously really commit to not burning the proverbial candle at both ends because I had I really worked to earn that flexibility and that freedom for mm. which I still feel immensely grateful, immensely mm. grateful. Now, when you ask about decision-making, I would say the first word that comes to mind is that it's in an intuitive process. I very much go with my instinct. I think an opportunity will come in and, and really I'll feel it. It's yeah. a yes or a no. And I like to say yes most of the time because I like to dive in and I like to give my time and I'm I love to be in community and I, I still find it occasionally <laughs> quite hard to say no, but I am yeah. more discerning now. I'm a little bit more self-respecting as well. I mm. think, well, have I got a full month or am I on a book deadline? Is this something I can really fit in? So I ask myself those questions, but almost before asking those questions and all of these thoughts kick in, it's an internal mm. yes or no that I sense and I go with that and I imagine that you can relate to that, Emily, that yes. knowingness, it's a knowingness. It and is. 
And I think it's trusting that as well, Meredith, don't you find? And I think we learn that over time to trust that because we notice, (laughs) maybe I speak from my own experience, when we ignore that and go more with the logical or what feels logical, when we then didn't listen to that, the instinct. I have chosen not to listen to it before and it has not served me very well at all. Not frequently. I really can only think of two examples in which I kind of went against my instinct because it felt prudent to accept a business opportunity that would allow me to learn and grow. And sometimes, you know, we have to see ourselves go through that process of maybe umming and ahhing, going down that path and, Mm. and really experiencing for ourselves how powerful it is to trust our instinct in the instances in which I I didn't do that and I really I did learn the hard way and it was difficult for me to endure and, and to come out the other side but what I learned from from those experiences was again yes the value of intuition and going with our heart or with our instinct or some people might say with a gut feeling or however mm. it is you like to phrase it but yeah look I've learned a lot I, I think we learn sometimes we learn even more through the difficult oh gosh that, <laughs> yes. that we end up on you know sometimes we know that we're taking a difficult path and we're all up for it and we dive in it but sometimes it's completely unexpected and it's a curveball and we're like wow I didn't see that coming that's tough and yet the bounce back from that or the learning from that is um, profound inevitably and I love Meredith how you explained initially when starting your business around the practicality of taking work to be able to live to cover the bills and all that type of thing that you understood that you were saying yes to some projects that perhaps weren't absolutely ideal because it was a matter of being able to then build your business so thank you for sharing that around just that sense of practicality when starting out to then create that momentum and to get your work out there to be able to make the decisions. Yeah, well, I'm delighted to share it, Emily, because I really appreciate looking back at those times from where I am now and anybody who may be in that position now where they're putting in a lot of hard yards. I kept having faith that because I was really, I've always done it from the heart, I've always been passionate about it I just kept having faith that things were going to be okay and if I was going through a difficult patch I did refer to the old adage this too (laughs) shall pass and it did pass and some people have an approach that you know maybe I really visualize myself being successful I really visualize things working out I just kept celebrating every single little win when I went with my bank card to the ATM and I saw that there was money in my account and someone had (laughs) paid me I was so happy I would go I'd take myself out for a hot chocolate or I would go and do something really lovely I just keep celebrating all these little you know incremental good bits or wins or whatever you want to call them and and that helped me a lot too because it helped keep me positive and little things are the big things you know I really believe this to be true so the little things really really count and in them as Mother Teresa said it's in the little things that our strength lies you know I kept having faith in the little things and staying strong and putting in the effort and putting in the loving effort and it just naturally grew. And I I found that, you know, as I loved life and life loved me back, I met the right people. I found myself in the right circumstances and things flowed and they continue to flow. And I just keep celebrating. And I think sometimes really the only prayer we need to know is thank you because Mm -hmm. thank you is so big and so much. And just to keep thanking your clients, thanking those people that, that support you, your friends and family, thanking, Mm -hmm. thanking life and, And being thankful for what comes, even if it's starting small, being thankful for what comes is, to me, a kind of superpower. 
Oh, I love it. And it's something, yeah, absolutely, that can be forgotten sometimes too. It's like, oh, hang on a minute. Let's let's be so grateful and thankful for all the things I already have because it's pretty amazing. Well, when I wrote that book on gratitude, and this is a while ago now, I remember realizing that gratitude makes you in a single moment instantly so much richer because mm-hmm. if you're focusing on all that you're missing and all that you're lacking, you're suddenly very poor. But if you shift your perspective and you think about what it is that you do have, and mm-hmm. some of my clients, we've started at the fact that they had a bed to sleep in, that they could mm-hmm. get up and stand on their two feet. These are the rudimentary things for which we can feel grateful. Now, for some people who are finding it hard to find things for which to be grateful, we can start there. And then from there, you know, everything suddenly starts to change in the mind's eye you know I drove past a billboard recently and I said I can't get over how gorgeous this was I couldn't see what it was advertising because we were zooming past (laughs) but it said something like change the way you see things and see how things change Mm. and I change the way I see things through a lens of gratitude and then I see how things change and I've always done that in business Mm. you know because I still see what I do as, as art being life rather than a kind of business and the ship sails itself, more or less. I just do what I need to do. It's so powerful, Meredith, so powerful. Final question I have. I wonder, looking back, what is what is perhaps some advice you would love to give to yourself those 16 years ago when when this whole adventure really started and perhaps for our listeners too that are running their businesses what what can you say to them and to your earlier self something that perhaps you've learned along the way that has held you in good stead or a lesson or yeah learning that you 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 would have liked to know back then oh what a beautiful thing to ask you actually I don't know why it brings tears to my eyes but it does uh so I would say to my younger self I would say have fun really really have fun enjoy it enjoy it don't be too stiff don't have unrealistic expectations of yourself always aim for the best enjoy it just enjoy it and let it happen and you know life is a as Lao Tzu said in the Tao Te Ching it's a series of spontaneous changes and flow flow with them flow with life and in flowing with life we're called to be creative we're called to be innovative and enjoy it and the rewards and the returns that come from just being in that space, just existing in that space of joy and gratitude are immense. And then, you know, as I said before about the ship sailing herself, it's sort of like I I see that looking back, the dots connect themselves Mm -hmm. when we are in that space. So all we need to do is maintain, I guess, that that people may say it's an energetic space or an attitude. Both work for me, you know, Mm -hmm. it's all vernacular, but... I really believe in that being in the space of joy, having fun and flowing with life. And I would say that to myself and I would still say that to myself now. (laughs) I think I'm going to write that, just have fun and pin it up in front of me to remind myself each day. Life changing. You know, we can become very serious at our own expense and at other people's expense. Absolutely. We need to, and I wrote about this in my latest book, you know, relax and the importance of lightness and good humor, levity. It's amazing how we can connect so much more fluidly and so much more meaningfully with people Mm -hmm. when we do embrace the lightness and the joy of life. And it softens us, it softens our communications and it elevates our experience of life on every level. Mm -hmm. So it's a very important piece. It's not a frivolous matter. (laughs) Fun is not a frivolous matter. It's so important as in business, as in personal life. 
yeah, I would bring it back to that every time. Meredith, thank you so much for joining me today. I just sit here and like listen to you speak and just love it. So thank you for answering my my questions. And- pleasure. It's an absolute yeah. pleasure. And, you know, the, the gorgeous respect that you've expressed for me is mutual and I appreciate Aww. it very, very much. And when we met, I think we met with a sparkle in our eyes yeah. and we share that and I wish you and your listeners every happiness and I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Likewise. Thank you so much, Meredith. Thanks, Emily. Thank you for listening to The Emily Osmond Show, brought to you by my Instagram freebies, which you'll find at emilyosmond.com forward slash free. So please take a few seconds to leave me a review, subscribe so that you don't miss an episode, and be sure to take a screenshot of this podcast, upload it to your social media, and tag me at Emily Osmond so I can give you a shout out too. Until next time, remember connection over perfection. You've got this and we'll speak soon.